repent and believe in the gospel. That wasn't supposed to be a funny moment, but the mic played a joke on me. Repent and believe in the gospel. There are some strong words that we hear every Ash Wednesday. And we might not like those words, but a part of us is drawn to those words. It's wild because this church is more packed on Ash Wednesday than on Easter Sunday every single year. And and I think it's because we realize that change is needed. We want change so badly, but then when it comes to the work that is necessary to make change happen... We lose steam. We get discouraged. We think, yeah, yeah, I I want to change. I want to be able to do something great, to embrace the hard thing and to do it. And then over the seven weeks of Lent, at a certain point, we just start dropping off and we say, oh, I messed up in my discipline. Or, oh, you know, this is actually kind of hard. Or, really, my life before wasn't too bad there, was it? And by the time Easter Sunday rolls around, one of two false assumptions comes upon us. Either we assume, I messed up and I'm awful and I'm so far gone, God probably doesn't even want me. I'll try again next year. Or we assume, you know what, really I'm not that bad. I'm not as bad as Steve, so you know what, I'll be fine. Steve, though, he needs Jesus. And both assumptions leave you empty. Because you can't be filled with the Lord if you have convinced yourself He doesn't want anything to do with you. But you also can't be filled with Him if you've convinced yourself you don't need Him. And so we go through this life with empty hearts. Right? Hearts hearts devoid of that meaning and that purpose and that joy and excitement and sense of adventure that comes with knowing God and wanting to seek His will. That comes with actually trying to embrace the Christian life in its fullness, which is demanding. No, instead we just kind of drift through life. And the currents of this world take us to this direction and to that one. And that's not really much of an existence. And so at least once a year we come here and we say, do the weird thing, Father. Do the super weird thing where you put dust and ash on my forehead. Because I'm drawn to that. Why are we drawn to it? Not because we're crazy. We're drawn to it because we want to be claimed by Jesus. We want him to say, yes, you are still mine. I know that you've been far away. I know that there's so much that's been going on in your life. I know that there are times that you doubt that I even exist or love you, but you're mine. And that's what... That sign on our forehead says. It doesn't say this one's awful. It says this one's mine. But then you have all of Lent to say, and you know what? You're mine too, Jesus. Because today he says to all of you, no matter where you're coming from, no matter what struggles or doubts you might have, he says to every single person here, I claim you as mine. I, I know what you're going through, and I want to enter into that and go through it with you. And then we have the choice. To allow him to do so or to walk out of here with ashes on our foreheads but no Jesus in our hearts. You see, when Jesus says repent, 
What he's saying is not just assume that you're the worst. That's what we hear. When we hear repent, we think, oh, Jesus is just shaming me. And I get, a, I get enough of that in my family. I get enough of that in school. I get enough of that on social media. I don't know where I stand vis-a-vis political correctness these days because these people are telling me I'm awful in this way. These people are telling me I'm awful in this way. And then I look in the mirror and I say, why are you so bad at doing what you set yourself to do? Why, why can't you live up to even the little expectations you have of yourself? And so from without and from within, we hear you're awful. And so when we hear repent, we think, oh, God himself thinks I'm awful. But the word repent couldn't mean, it it couldn't be further from the truth if you have the assumption that repent means you're awful. No, what repent means is there's hope in you yet. When the church says repent, echoing the words of our Savior... What she's saying is, you have more potential than you've been living up to. And by the grace of God, you can live up to it. When the church says, repent, the Greek word there is metanoia. That that is not just a, okay, I guess I'll stop doing bad things. What that is, is a complete change of heart and mind. It is turning around, not just in your behaviors, but also in your attitudes, in your beliefs, in your values. But that's not all that it says. It says, repent and believe in the gospel. So it's not just, uh, change your mind, believe these things. It's believe in this specific thing. And what is the gospel? The gospel says, you are worth the blood of God. God didn't begrudgingly offer himself for you. He offered himself for you knowing full well all of the various sundry ways that you would turn away from him. And he said, nope, that one's still mine. I still claim that one is my own. This one's still worth me shedding my very blood. The gospel is not this message of you are terrible. This gospel is saying you are unspeakably wonderful in the eyes of God. The gospel says you are capable of so much more than you ever dreamed. The gospel says... Believe that I can do that in you. And so when you receive these ashes today, I pray that you will take seriously those words. Repent. Change not just your behaviors, but your mind, your soul, your heart. Change it in the particular direction of believing Jesus when he says, I love you more than I love the blood in my veins. He's claimed you today. You'll have a sign of that later in this Mass. Will you spend this Lent claiming Him? Or just saying, I checked the box, see you next year. God loves you either way, but do you love Him? That's the question. And and you get the next seven weeks of Lent to be able to respond with a resounding yes. I love Him imperfectly, But with all my messy heart, I'm trying to love him. Because I know that that is the adventure my heart longs for, is the adventure of coming to know Jesus, following his will, embracing the difficult life of Christianity, but knowing that all the while I'm responding to his call of love for me and my heart's call to love him back.